Notice anything different? That's right. No ad. Which means this space is available. So if you have a company or brand or product or anything really that you'd love to promote on 30 Pop, this is your chance. Just shoot me an email at the link in the show notes and I'll give you all the relevant details. Now, on to 30 Pop. Hi, this is Aaron Hale. Sorry I missed you. Please leave a message and I'll get back to you just as soon as I can. Thanks. Aaron, hey man, it's Luke. You don't need to call me back. I was just going to let you know, you know, I mentioned a few weeks ago on the show that one of our trivia night questions was going to be about how many times the word girl was used on the New Kids on the Block album, Hangin' Tough. And now that trivia night's over, I can tell you it's 140 times. 100 and 40 times. Stupid. Okay, see you, man. From Milieu Media Group, this is 30 Pop, a weekly peek back at the music, movies, sports, fashion, politics, and news from 30 years ago. I'm your host, Luke Braun. This is Season 1, Episode 32, Cute Blondes. Today we're looking back at the week that ended Saturday, September 30th, 1989. Hello friends and welcome once again to another episode of 30 Pop. Looking back on perhaps literally the most boring week of 1989. We had a pretty uneventful week a couple of episodes back, but it doesn't even hold a candle to the absolute lack of pop culture excitement from 30 years ago this week. But fear not, you're in good hands. Before we start reminiscing, a quick update from this past week's 30 Pop Trivia Night. As you know, if you've been listening to this show for any time at all, once a month I host a pub-style pop culture trivia night at a local bar-slash-coffee shop called Cafeza, in which all of the questions connect in some way to that specific month 30 years ago. It's pretty much the most fun thing there is, and you should absolutely find a way to be there if you're in Houston. Our next one's coming up in a few short weeks on October 15th. But anyway, this past Tuesday, our September trivia night happened, and friends, it was so, so fun. In a shocking turn of events, for reasons unbeknownst to me, our reigning champs, the Durrett Dynasty, apparently working through some sort of Marvel Cinematic Universe-esque civil war, wound up divided, competing against one another. The team's founder and past 30 Pop guest... Haley Durrett, did her best, but in unfortunate, true, Loki fashion, forfeited the win to Team Superfrake. Congrats to Emily Fraker and the rest of Team Superfrake for pulling off a huge upset. It'll be interesting to see how the drama plays out for the Durrett Dynasty crew in October. So mark your calendars and come out for the fun. Huge thanks to this month's Trivia Night sponsor, Joysticks Classic Games and Pinball in Houston. Check them out at joysticksgames.com. And now on to the past. 30 years ago, for the second straight week, Millie Vanilli had the number one album in the country with Girl You Know It's True and the number one single with Girl I'm Gonna Miss You, and the Michael Douglas cop drama from director Ridley Scott, Black Rain, was the top grossing film at the box office. And that's it. That's all the pop culture news. Like I said, boring week. But like I also said, I got you. There are all kinds of ways to stir up the nostalgic feelings besides just this podcast, especially on Instagram. So I thought I'd share a few of my favorite go-to accounts for reminiscing on the glories of the 80s and 90s. 
Here are my top five Instagram accounts for retro pop culture content. First up, from singer-songwriter Brad Skistimus, known to fans of his music as Five Times August, the very fun account Brad to the Past. Brad is a longtime close friend of a longtime close friend with whom I've crossed paths many times over the last two decades. He describes his count as random nostalgia from an 80s, 90s kid turned grown-up, regurgitating his childhood onto Instagram. And over the course of the last three years, he's posted about everything from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to the California Raisins to Crystal Pepsi. I love Brad, and I love Brad to the past. Another one of my very favorite accounts, which I've mentioned on the show before, is that of past 30 Pop guest Retro Rick, or Retro Double Underscore Rick on Instagram. In the last 9 or 10 months, Rick has built a loyal following of 20,000 plus folks with pics of his incredible collection of 80s and 90s pop culture memorabilia and his killer game room. He's also got a YouTube channel and a podcast of his own, which you'll find linked in his bio. All good for getting all nostalgic. Next up, the account That's Classic, which you very possibly already heard of, as they have around 80,000 Instagram follows and nearly a quarter of a million followers on Facebook. For good reason, though. These folks are all about helping 80s and 90s kids relive their childhood, and they consistently generate really killer content. Very fun. Another fun Instagram follow is Throwback Lounge 1, which boasts an impressive 167,000 plus followers after just a couple years online, posting several times a day with all the 80s and 90s music, movies, and TV shows you can handle. The creativity and consistency required to post that much great content is well worth the follow on its own. Lastly, the account 80s Then, 80s Now, who has over 65,000 followers on Instagram and nearly 100,000 on both Facebook and Twitter. This guy is absolutely killing it. You should definitely check out his stories and live videos on Instagram too, as he does a pretty regular live trivia game with the folks who follow him. Whenever someone joins him live and can answer 10 straight retro pop culture trivia questions, he sends them some piece of nostalgic memorabilia from his unofficial world record-holding collection of over 40,000 items. I've linked to all of these accounts in the show notes for this episode, so definitely go give them a follow. And while you're there, go ahead and follow 30 Pop Podcast as well. Now, a while back, as you probably know, I sat down with my dear friends and regular guests Aaron Hale and Nate Williams and recorded several segments worth of non-date-specific conversations for weeks just like this one, where there just wasn't much happening. So I want to share another one of those with you today before we wrap this week up. This was a fun, fun time as it always is with these guys, and as always, I loved every minute of it. So, here they are. Aaron and Nate, Aaron Hale, Nate Williams, thank you guys so much for being back on the show. Glad to be back. I love bringing you guys in for these little vignette moments of just remembering who we were as kids. So my question for you today is not, what was your most embarrassing moment as a kid? That's not what I'm asking you. What is something that you look back on now and you are embarrassed of about yourself Uh. as a kid? I'll lead off. I never lead off on these things. This This will give you some time to think. And to know what sort of thing that I am talking about. Something that we're embarrassed of. As an adult at 38, 39 years old now, when you look back on yourself as a kid, what are you embarrassed of? Okay. For me, that is, I loved the movie Pee-wee's Big Adventure when I was a kid. Oh my gosh, one of my favorites. So, so good. Scared the shit out of me as a kid, though. Large Marge is terrifying. Oh my God. I used to hide. Is that it? 
You just totally stole my thing. <laughs> That's the thing I was... It's not to... scary. My kids watch it now, it's and they're like, like there's nothing scary to me no. about this. I'll be like, if you're scared, we can turn... No, this isn't scary. I remember it's hiding... It's silly. It's just silly. I remember hiding behind chairs from that movie. Tell them Large Marge sent you. Right? <laughs> or the, clown, the dream clown sequences terrified me. Well... For me, it was Large March. Oh, that Large scene, March. I loved everything about the movie. The only other thing that I remember being a little creepy was the clown, like rotating back yeah, yeah. and forth in one the of the one that where he was cha- the, the bike chains, was yeah, chained yeah, to yeah, the yeah. start of the movie. But but creepy. Large Marge, I genuinely I would hide either behind the couch or under the coffee table. Yeah, me too. Don't know why the coffee table didn't block anything. I just felt safer <laughs> under there. But that scene, I even knew then I shouldn't be afraid of this, and I was maybe a little embarrassed even then of that you were it, afraid. But it terrified me. But things were so different back then because, like, there are so many things that I think, oh, this is probably scary for my kids that we watch now that they just, they're like, really, this is scary to you? I mean, we watch, like, freaking, I can't think of anything. But they're not scared of any movies that I was, like, terrified of as a kid. Yeah, it's crazy. So, okay, so something from your childhood that you are now a little embarrassed about. The first thing that pops in my head is I went through a phase of, Around eighty nine, where I was uh, really into. Um, You're still a ladies' man at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, absolute <laughs> ladies' man. Got it. Just making sure. But I really enjoyed MC Hammer. Oh. And, but I had the pants, you know, the mm-hmm. parachute pants, mm-hmm. which I always thought were called L.A. dance pants. I don't know where I got that. But I it, like kid, that. I they were That's called L.A. dance pants. He's not even from L.A. Anyway. <laughs> For Christmas this year, Mom, I'd like some L.A. dance pants. <laughs> I, I, that, that sentence probably came out of my mouth at so some point. good. I remember that my mom bought me some and that all the other kids at school's parents started making them some. Mm, yeah. And it was like a thing, that a fad that I felt like I started at our school, mm-hmm. but really I didn't because MC, MC Hammer, Hammer started. Did. <laughs> yeah. But I remember like always doing dances and singing along to the MC Hammer stuff. Which is amazing because you looked like the Simon Birch kid, but yeah, I look, you Simon Birch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the Jerry Maguire kid. The Simon Birch kid. He <laughs> I know who you remind me of. <laughs> Special kid to die. <laughs> But he had a heart of gold. <laughs> I looked exactly like the kid from Jerry Maguire and is what I he's mean, referring to. Like exactly. exactly like the kid from Jerry Maguire. Yeah, so that was me. I'm embarrassed at the fact that this super white kid from West Texas is like trying to be like MC Hammer. Yeah. Don't hurt you him. You weren't the only one. Don't hurt him. Please, Hammer, don't hurt him. Yeah. Nate, what about you? Oh, man, this is... Rough. I don't Simon really. Simon Bird. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's so funny. So, if you need to think, go ahead. Uh, just a fun fact is, I actually had a pet hamster named MC Hamster when I was a kid. <laughs> Amazing. A of fact. course, you did. Hamster dance. Oh man! Please, so... hamster, don't hurt him. Nate, <laughs> <laughs> you got anything? There's, there's really not a lot of things I'm too embarrassed about because it was. That's true. It's very much like time appropriate it's just funny looking at it but i got when you say it the story comes to mind that i was embarrassed at the time but i'm embarrassed now because of the way the adolescent brain works but Mm -hmm. follow me here this is a weird one but 
we're right at the point where we're starting to get an idea about our sexuality in life, right? So there's this commercial for Honeycomb comes on. Oh, uh, I cannot wait to see where this goes. There's a commercial for Honeycomb comes on. And again, now this is a little bit past 89, but like I said, this is where my brain goes on this. Honeycomb commercial comes on, and there's this little blonde guy, this like teenage blonde kid. This dude's just sitting there eating honeycomb. They're like, mm, yeah, honeycomb. And I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty attractive guy. And I was like, shit, I'm gay. And I was like terrified. Okay, so wh- how old are you here? Like I said, I'm probably you, I mean, 12. Okay, so this is la- much later. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's past 89. Yeah, but yeah. It's just where my But yeah, I yeah. think it's a, it's a pretty good story. But anyway. He's I'm a handsome terrified. kid. Yeah. I'm, and I'm gay. And I'm a boy, too. Shit. And, you know, obviously now, whatever, doesn't matter. But, like, to think back at this panic moment as I'm coming into my own as a man. Yeah. Where it's like, I can recognize the attractiveness of another male. Must, Must be, be gay. Oh, <laughs> I deduce. Man. And how long, how much trouble did that put your brain into? Oh, man, it was weird because then when other guys, they would talk about some girls. And I'd be like, yeah, she's pretty. And in the back of my head, I'm like... I'm but a, I'm gay. Is she pretty? I don't know. I like that honeycomb. Oh kid. my, that is so uh, freaked funny. me out. That's amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for sharing <laughs> your embarrassing stories. Yeah, that was a good one. We'll have you on again soon. Cool. Can't wait. <laughs> See you. I love those guys, and I wish they both lived closer so I could have them on the show even more often than I already do. Big thanks to Aaron and Nate for being on yet another episode of 30 Pop. Now before I shut it down, I did want to share one other little thing that happened this week in 1989. The series finale of what I believed in those days to be the greatest cartoon of all time, but which, looking back, was actually perhaps the strangest concept to make it on the air. The Japanese animated action show about a group of sword-wielding cat-like humanoid aliens, Thundercats. express the love I felt for that show. But I trust if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already get it. Unfortunately, a comedy reboot of the show called Thundercats Roar is slated to debut at some point this year on the Cartoon Network. I say unfortunately because from the looks of things, they've basically removed everything that was great about the original series, pumped what was left full of helium, sugar, and silliness, and tried to pass it off as the same show. Thankfully, 
True fans have made their opinions known, and there are rumors that the series will get axed before it even debuts. Fingers crossed. Anyway, as always, I want to thank you for taking the time to support this show with your listening ears. We've got so much fun stuff in store over the next couple months as we count down to the end of the 80s and the beginning of 1990, a year that I absolutely can't wait to dive back into. Some of my very, very favorite things to this day came to be in 1990, including the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie and Home Alone, each of which probably deserve an entire series of their own. I'll be back next week with episode 33, and I hope you'll join me. But for now, know this. It's a tragedy for me to see the dream is over, and I never will forget the day we met. Girl, I'm going to miss you. 30 Pop is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Luke Bronner. Our artwork is by the amazing Heather Hale. To check out more shows from Mill U Media Group, visit millumedia.com, which is linked in the show notes for this episode. And if you have a story from 1989 that you want to share on the air, email 30poppodcast at gmail.com. 